okay? Introducing the award list winning podcast. It's the Intellectual Saviors with your hosts, the Pedo. I'm not a dude, I'm not a one of these good televangelists or anything. I don't have to fucking pretend like I'm straight and then go and get some ass on the side while I'm doing math. The Ginger Bear. Uh, bees germinate a lot of food that we eat. And the Pivot Man. Facebook.com slash the intellectual saviors. Is that right? They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. Peeling back the curtain yet again this week. This is round number two for the opening because apparently something happened with GarageBand and just completely cut us off. I had this fantastic opener that I'm pretty sure you would have loved, but apparently, nope. GarageBand said, fuck off. It, it would have been a two otherwise. So, <laughs> frankly, this is better. They mm. will never know. Just go with it, goddammit. So now we have a lost opener to yeah. go in right along with our lost episode. More lore. More lore. <laughs> Dude, I can deal with a lost opener, man. I wouldn't want to do another hour and fucking 15 minutes. Oh my show god, that was quite. That was a beating of a weekend. <laughs> well, I forgot to uh, do it last week, so I'm going to do it this week. Uh, thanks to KK and his Weathered Underground for providing the opening music there. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with our arrangement that, that here was, with them. Uh, that, that is the positive of doing take two of the opening, is that I got to hear it again. I really like the way that opener ends. It's awesome. See, we're, we're really trying to be positive on this show. We really do. For all the negative shit we bring up and <laughs> talk about. All the people we want killed and murdered. and What? What? I mean, uh, all the people we want fired from their jobs. We'll back it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just fire them. Don't kill them. God damn it. So how was everybody's week? How'd Mine you was long as shit. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot done as far as... Uh, research? Yeah, research. Yeah. Luckily, uh, these two jackasses have a lot of stuff, so... That's a great thing. Eric's going to do a uh, role reversal with the bogs over here and not have shit for the show. I've been show. doing that lately, man. I just haven't had time. It's your job. Oh, and tonight... That Eric and all the time that I do spend is, like, editing all of our openings and all oh, that stuff. Oh, poor baby. He's turned into the oh, techie. I know. <laughs> And no, I don't mind it. I'm not complaining at all. And he's got the video camera, which yeah. if you would have heard cool. the initial cool. opening. <laughs> no, I'll I'll have that on the blooper reel. Yeah, so we'll have That'll uh, be me going, "What the fuck?" and then <laughs> So we'll we'll start computer. having some stuff on the old YouTube channel pretty soon so you can see what an abortion this is, you know, in a visual sense, not just the audio. So me, me and Eric are going to be drinking heavily throughout the show and he's tired like he said, and yeah, I so am I'm going to get really drunk really fast. I got about 3 hours of sleep last night, so Expect uh, two of us to be mumbling through the fucking show this time. It's gonna be a box heavy episode, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> and I don't mind. I don't have any more lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that was that my turn to ad lib? I'm sorry. It kind of was. I am Shit. playing a blues song, so. Oh. 
What's your name? I don't know. I forgot. Good, because we don't want you to sing. His name is Michael. Michael with a pedo. Because he wants to do 14-year-olds. No Allegedly. does fuck me up every time we do a duet. Every single time. Because you're so off key, I'm sorry. But you are. It's, it's alright. That's not how I make my money, so I don't <laughs> give a fuck. True. Very true. Let me turn this way so I can look at Boggs. I like to look him in the eyes while we're doing the show. It's kind of true, yeah. He does. Do yeah, normally Boggs is on the, the other Boggs. end. But, but since we had our video camera issue... We uh, had to move me. It's not really an issue. It's, it's a matter issue. of well, yeah, kind of. You didn't have to move and sit next to this. Oh well, I guess what, you do. It's have called look. But all the same, say, like we're close enough to where I can like you know go under the table and give them a little something. Yeah. Wow. This is actually a little better anyway because I can monitor all the stuff beneath the uh, uh, the sidecar here. <laughs> you know, like I can I can pull the lights out. That's the best place for you is the sidecar. There's no doubt about that. See, now you have no, then those lights down there, so we can see. <laughs> All right. God damn it. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. So, reefer. Uh, we're already in that, dude. No. I was going to say, we already watched this now. fucked around with the song, and I guess I'll put this down now. Well, we need to whore ourselves oh. out a little bit. Yeah. Are you going to do that in song? Well, I guess you already put the guitar down, so I'll go ahead and do it. Um, since you don't know our websites or anything anyway. I did, so have, to, I did have to double check with that mid-song. Anyone uh. who is listening to us for the first time, if you stumbled upon us, uh, if you want to find out more about us, go to podbean.com, go to Facebook, go to iTunes, any of those fine services, type in the Intellectual Saviors, and you can pull us up. Or best way, if you want to get a hold of us and uh, send me a shitty comment or a, hey, what's up, go to Twitter, at the Intel Saviors. And Boggs has a Twitter too. What's yours? That Boggsy baby. <laughs> so be sure to go there and yeah, send him. Boggsy baby. It's also, <laughs> by the way, my League of Legends account, Boggsy baby. Hey, I uh, followed you, and you didn't follow me yet, motherfucker. Oh, he Dude, didn't follow me either. Dude, I don't fucking either. use Twitter. If you if you guys go and try to follow me on Twitter, that's great. I'm not gonna follow you back because I oh I don't God. actively have a Twitter account. I literally had it for like. I think an interview. Somebody said, "Do you have a Twitter account?" And I said, "Sure." And I made one. <laughs> and then they didn't hire me because my Twitter because account your Twitter was Boggsy Boggsy Baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there's that. Oh, what a And nice. I said, "Fuck social media." Oh my. We did have one of those moments. Fuck social media. Yet I'm gonna post stuff on Facebook all the goddamn time. You know, when I was looking, for I steal stuff from I fucking love sciences page. I was gonna say that's yeah, pretty much everything. What it does. Everything. Everything. Damn near everything he puts out is great though. Damn near is. It's pretty damn good stuff. near. I'll be damned if it's not greatness. You know, I did something for you guys. I, I made it my mission that every fucking week I'm going to try and pull a couple stories that are gun related. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> for the first part. This is what I've tried to do now. I went out of my way. I was like, dude, I got to find God a couple damn, fucking Michael. stories. So I fucking found uh, two that are pretty legit. I think you guys will like. Whatever. <laughs> okay, since you're gonna do that, I'm gonna guitar man the fuck out of you. Don't fucking guitar man the fuck out of me. You do know it. I have I have enough issues already. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, it fucks them up royally. So anyway, you motherfuckers, uh, in Nelson City, Georgia, they're considering a proposal as soon as next month to make every homeowner. 
Every homeowner in the city will need to own a weapon. Ah, yes. They're citing uh, limited resources and slow response time from the police. So, Councilman Dwayne Chronic, I love the name Dwayne Chronic. Awesome. Chronic. Yeah, he said it's a deterrent ordinance. You know, they'll tell potential intruders that you better think twice before entering the homes in this city. So, um, except for if I were a thief, I would immediately go, hmm. Guns are really expensive. Yeah. The only thing I like about that story is the fact that uh, I like how they these are conservatives. They want to force gun ownership on you, but if you make everybody have health insurance, then it's tyranny. So. Yes. How do you how do you get away with this? Is something I've never understood about thoughts like that. How are you uh, about freedom and about being free from government control, but then you want to force something on, even if it's gun ownership, which you have to own a weapon, which is not. It's still just the idea that you're forcing someone to do something. Or you're forcing them to have gun ownership. You can't have abortions. You can't get married if you're gay. But we don't want the government in your life. That's the big thing that they claim. Yeah. Well, but it's they keep no, 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 no. So you're getting it wrong. They don't want the government in their lives. <laughs> yes. It's all relative, isn't it? People who they don't agree with, you can fuck them over all day long. They don't give a shit. Apparently. And by the way, they've succeeded for a very, very long time on that platform. And I know it's kind of like stealing the... Uh, uh, lightning rod on a church it shows a lack of faith but don't you think it's kind of funny that most of the people that cling to guns so much are god-fearing people that think that he should guide their life and that he works in mysterious ways you think jesus would have owned a gun mm, well first off you have to admit that he's a lot or that he was real that bitch would have been packing a 44 like but dirty harry dude i doubt it I maybe not. I, I think know. Jesus had better things on his mind, like helping people who were sick and shit. Dude, he was a pissed off motherfucker. He might have had a gun. <laughs> he really maybe. was. He was. He's not as like graceful as most people like to put him out to be. He 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 definitely had a hot streak. I don't know. I mean, I thought he was self righteous. Broke bread and fish and fed thousands. So I mean, it's pretty awesome. Healed the sick. Supposedly. Well, no shit. I mean, it <laughs> didn't exist. I'm just saying, according to the fables, the Bible fables. So you guys got anything, or I'm just going to yes, beat you down? I got I another do. one, man. I, I had a rebuttal for a guy on Facebook, and I know Box doesn't want to do it. Goddamn rebuttal. I <laughs> just, we, we keep, like, everybody that, like, says anything on our Facebook account, we feel the need to mention them on the show, and it's just no. not relevant enough for me. No. I haven't mentioned every single person that's said anything on our Facebook account. Negative. And this one, honestly, is just because, uh, first off, I just wanted to horse out and maybe get a couple of listeners. People being like, oh, I want to know what they say. So And there was that. It was, yeah, a media, it was all it, sales type. It was a media ploy, <laughs> first and foremost. Second off, I really was pressed for time. I did not. I had to go to work, so I just had to like spat out something really fast and say, hey, listen to the next show. So my quote was, an intelligent person does not need the promise of heaven to see the merit of doing good. And then he replies, talking about how religion has done a lot to civilize mankind and providing a moral framework where, non, uh, where none existed in nature. Uh, essentially saying that we had to have it in order to have morals, uh, which is completely false. Um, everybody, including a lot of animals, are born with a sense of fairness. Uh, do you guys understand that at all? Are you talking about like trying to share with like um, uh, like species, like sort of sharing bananas with other monkeys? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: is that you're like a lot of animals and humans are born with a sense of fairness, just an innate sense of fairness. But how they define fairness is defined by their culture. 
So you are naturally have a moral code of fairness, but you learn fairness from the culture around you. So it's uh, it's like a combo. You have nature, which is telling you to be fair, and then you have your society that's saying, well, this is fair. You know, so at one period of mankind, it was fair to have a slave. And in some areas of the world, it's still fair to have a slave. It was in the Bible. In other areas of mankind, it's fair that if a guy's caught stealing, to chop off his arm or his hand. I mean, there there's a lot. There's a gradient. So... Where you define morals is first off uh, an arbitrary thing because, you know, as far as morality goes, we already covered it. It's it's a gray because somebody could be doing something that they think is completely moral because they have that in it says in innate sense of fairness. See, I told you I was gonna fuck up a lot of words. It's cool, bro. It's um, cool. <laughs> but the society around them is telling them uh, a wrong sense or what we would deem as a wrong sense of fairness. I want to talk more about the morality part for what he was saying, too. Um, the other thing is religion adopts morality. Morality doesn't just happen because we had religion. Like, we, we weren't just going to fucking go off and kill a bunch of people or, y- you know, have this, like, complete anarchy without religion. That's not the way it would go. Like any other animal on this entire planet, there's a hierarchy that develops naturally. It's yeah. called society. Yeah. Society, you could argue, makes us civilized. And it's very fragile. I'll say that too. I think it's a very oh very certainly yeah. One. There there have definitely been documented <laughs> cases of isolated towns that have gone into uh, depravity because they they had no uh, outside influence and they were uh, cut off. I mean, look at uh, um, uh, the Wisconsin death trip. You guys know about that? I was going to bring up. Do you, do you think that? Uh, uh, actually, fuck your point. <laughs> the uh, point I was going to make <laughs> fuck. is fuck you. <laughs> One of the greatest examples of why I think this is wrong, though, and why it's so ridiculous, uh, Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. You remember that? That was a group of people who were freaking out over witchcraft and killed a bunch of people, all in the name of God. And, and you really didn't have to be proven. You just had to be uh, It was like a rumor. Suspect. It was yeah. a rumor in town. That's and all actually, it was. wasn't, when there, wasn't it little kids that were doing it? Wasn't uh, it like these little girls that were like spiteful against people and they were yes. telling other people that they were witches? I think I think there was one documented case of that. I think the uh, the other one was if you, have you ever uh, uh, it's it's a play, but I can't remember who wrote it. Either, but it's called The Crucible. Have you ever read The Crucible? Yes. Yes. Uh, as I recall, he uh, Arthur Miller wrote that. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, somebody's gonna comment on the Facebook be like, "No, wasn't Arthur Miller? You douchebags!" Hey, if I'm wrong, <laughs> are you really intellectual if you don't know all of the works of? Fuck it. But uh, uh, I think it was like he had an affair with his housemaid and she was like a teenager or something at the time or whatever but the other thing i was going to bring up we've already talked about morality especially like uh, you know sexual morality look at like the greeks and how they viewed sex and how different you know the american and the christian culture uh defines what what is sexually moral um and frankly that there's a moral attachment to sex at all but uh that's why I, his point we've already like we've already covered. Just tell him to listen to the rest of the damn show. Fuck it. Fuck it. Well, hold on. I, I got. Oh, he's got a couple right, more right, points. Right, right. Hey, ahead. you you were bitching about us not having anything for the free source, so we Shut need, the fuck up. We need more that gun talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also goes into that. Yes, uh, a lot of awful stuff has been done in the name of religion, uh, but its positive effects on our history, uh, historical progress, shouldn't be denied. Um, first off, that's not really that accurate because there is no like 
logistical evidence showing that religion was the basis of moral code for society. And that's why it turned into the way it turned into. It was definitely a form of control, a way to uh, hinder people, keep them uneducated, and keep them coming back to the church and giving money. It was definitely that. As far as actually changing the moral code and the fabric of our civilization, that's a little suspect. I'm not too uh, sure about that one. I'd have to dig a little deeper, and something tells me that it's too vague to even mention. Looking over like the Renaissance-type period when we go through in that phase of history, that's kind of a getting away from the church to begin with because before that time, particularly the Roman Catholic Church, it just had a lock on Europe. Yeah. I mean, it's just... There's no other way to really say that. that. That church just drove people. They wouldn't let them read. They wouldn't educate anybody. They kept all the manuscripts themselves. They taught themselves how to read and write. It was a form of control. Yeah. And that's what that typically is viewed as when someone has this kind of control over what you believe. It's the best fucking business ploy I've ever seen in my life. So much so that if I were to produce another album, if I were going to get into a serious band and my sole goal was to make money... I would be in a Christian band. <laughs> right. It's such a good fucking you get an it's selling snake oil, no matter, man. No matter yeah, no matter what fucking genre of music you're in, you have a fucking million person audience. I disagree. I think country music's the way to go, dude. Those fucking rednecks will listen to anything. It's the same shit over and over. <laughs> no offense to you rednecks out there. Well, uh there's a problem with that too. Those kind of go hand in hand. And that's what uh, I'm saying. You're, yeah. you're getting both audiences. You're yeah. getting the fucking hillbilly racist and the hardcore Christians with the country. I think that's the way to go, dude. I'm just, yeah, I mean. You know what? That's actually a pretty good point. Touche. Just, just advice, <laughs> dude, if you decide to strike up the band again. All right. So this gentleman also goes on to say that Jesus uh, is an example of uh, somebody that was an agent of social change. Um, and he akins him to people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King. Uh yeah, you're kind of assuming that he's real. I kind of have an issue with that, that he was an actual person. We have zero evidence of that, so please don't associate him with Gandhi or Martin no, Luther King. No, 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 you, you have the Bible. Know that they existed. You have the Bible as your source. Yeah, and you got nothing else. You have a Bible that's filled with historical inaccuracies, tons of fallacies, things that don't add up to the history that we do know, and a Jesus figure that was mentioned a handful of times. Are you trying to convert me? The greatest story of all time told in three books of the Bible. Yay. <laughs> um, and then he also says that uh, it shouldn't, Scripture should not be the basis of our laws. Uh, but really? But they already are in most important ways. Uh, certain things like morality of theft and killing are true whether you read them in the Bible or figured them out on your own. Yeah, but see, this is this is my problem with most people's way of thinking, and this is something I was going to say about people like this. They're so relative to where they are in and life. And I don't think that this guy's a Christian either. I don't. Really? I, I don't think he is. I think I, you're I, full of shit, honestly. No, I no, no. I mean, he, ne he never once claims to be one or not to be one, but I don't think he is. I think he actually, like, thinks that religion had a good part in human history. It did have some evil parts, but it also had some good parts, and it played its part. Well, I mean, to still be fair to his part. point, sure, it did good things, but it's kind of like the thing uh, that we would discuss with, like, Islam. It's, it's, it's great for you. It's great for if you're in this group, but if you're not in this group, it's fucking tyrannical. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's at, at what cost. Yeah. And my argument to him was that if you switched education for religion in human history— not only would we have a better 
more moral basis code, like homosexuals being able to marry, and that's, that's immoral, and uh, ab- abortions being legal, and you wouldn't have these uh, constituents evil. trying that's to murder. get them, <laughs> trying to get it banned. Um, but we would also be more technologically advanced, way more technolo- technologically advanced. Because after all, the Dark Ages put a massive hindrance on the human race. Yeah, I think we're, that's a thousand years of us catching up. I mean, that's 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 pretty severe. That's I what got, I'm saying. We we would that's probably uh, be colonizing on the moon easily, getting, easily, maybe well, even yeah, Mars. Actually, in a thousand years, I would I would maybe say even that Mars. Yeah, we, I think we would actually we might have even gotten past the solar system in a thousand years. No, I don't think so. New Gingrich would be the president. Given the given a structure of education. I mean, come on. You have to have, I don't know. I mean, it's. I, I think it's if we used education as the forefront of how we thought and how we lived our lives, it, it would be insurmountable how fast we would evolve as a species. I think honestly. It would be obscene how I think fast we would go. The first thing that would need to happen for that kind of shit is you would have to collaborate with other countries. Because religion be, holds us back so severely. I'm just saying, like in human history, like if religion was just gone mm-hmm. and education was put in its place. That's a lot of variables. I know, I know, but I'm just saying. The other I'm, thing I'll I'm mention, going though, against his argument, saying that it is a structure of moral code because it's not. Well, it is a structure of moral code. It's just not. It's a, very a structure of moral code that's been one. stolen by and that's the, the civilization thing. that saying, already increased. Yeah, what he was saying here is like, what did you expect from any religion? Because they're all like, what he was saying there is like, well, you know, we we all adapt these laws around these things that are obviously Christian or what, but they're every one of them says the same shit. Yeah, and even if you use his argument. Uh, you could actually argue that Zeus had more influence than Jesus, because after all, he did—he was there before Jesus, and he did make people fear him into doing good. True that. Just saying. Which is another point uh, that we brought up here on several several occasions is that quote: "I can test that we're both atheists. I just believe in one fewer god than you. And when you figure out why you dismiss other gods, you'll figure out why I dismiss yours." Yep. But yep. So that's my rebuttal. Hope you enjoyed it. It was great. <laughs> it's well, actually not everything that I want to. I'm just too tired to remember everything that I wanted to go over. See, and if you uh, like us on the Facebook, you would have been able to read part of that. <laughs> you would have been one up it on it. It would have been like the, the feature. Rebu- I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I, I, all I wrote was that uh, it's, it's not a basis of uh, uh, morali- or morals and humanity and that uh, if we substituted education for religion, we'd be a lot better off. That's all I said in the rebuttal on Facebook. So they did get to hear more. So fuck you guys. All I know after that Yay. is that it's about time for another fucking beer. And it's time for another gun story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm getting another beer. Uh, that's a good way to get rid of Eric. So Harvard did a study that uh, overall all the states that have the most gun laws on the books have a 42% lower gun death rate than states with the least number of gun laws on the books. Uh, these are analysis done by researchers from the 2007 to 2010 period. Uh, they pulled the statistics from the Centers of Disease or for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, during the four-year study, there were nearly 122,000 gun deaths, 60%, thank you, sir, of them suicides. Excuse me there, folks. I put my beer down. Uh, the study's conclusion took out the factors such as uh, gun violence, you know, poverty, education levels, race, yeah, very among the states. And, of course, they said that uh, the 
statistics on these are a little skewed just for the fact that, you know, if you have a state that's a more liberal state that has uh, higher gun laws and stuff, then it's right next door to a more conservative state that has lax gun laws. You know, of course, people can run over there and buy the weapons and then come in and shoot the fuck out of the people in their state. So it's a little bit off that way. But uh, here's a little bit, just the the range of it. The lowest one was Hawaii, which had three gun deaths per 100,000 population. And Louisiana was the highest with 18 gun deaths per 100,000 people. Hawaii has 16 gun laws on the books. And, you know, and of course, Louisiana only has a couple because Louisiana is awesome. I, if you notice, every time we have a fucking story, it's a fucked up story about whether it's <laughs> rape, abortion, anything. And we give the stats on Louisiana. it. Louisiana. Like, Louisiana and Oklahoma are right up there. And it's no different than this. Like the ones with the least amount of uh, or the most deaths include Kentucky, Louisiana, Oklahoma. So don't live in fucking Louisiana, Oklahoma. That's my uh, message to the folks out there. Stay the fuck away from those places. You got anything, Boggs? I'm looking at you, man. I'm giving you a chance. You give me a chance. Right, for fuck the you. I'm done with you. So, and another one. This is another what fun. What the fuck? Another fun note here. Uh, the number of militias and radical anti-government groups operating in the United States has reached an all-time high in 2012. Hooray! Yes. A, re- a report released by the Southern Poverty Law Center concluded that there are over 1,300 radical militias and anti-government groups, an increase over 2008 when there are only 149. Now, what's been the difference over the last four years I could think of that would make these? Let's see. Hmm. Mm, let's see. Hold on. Was it Congress? No. no they were the same. Yeah, you're let's right. See. Uh, police force no. brutality. Is that increased? See. Who's in charge of the country? Hmm. I think. <laughs> oh, that's right. We have a black guy in the office. So, as uh, amazingly enough, so since Obama's come in, we went from about 150 radical militia groups out there, anti-government groups, to 1,360 is what they're showing. Um, of course, the big surge in them before was during the early 90s when we passed the assault ban, assault uh, weapons ban, and some other, you know, there's some other gun laws that took effect. And at that time, they grew to about 149. So, yeah. So I guess they don't care that much about the gun part, but, man, they really care about the black guy. So, yeah, a lot more radical groups. Out there. Oh, although I did see one thing in there I didn't point out is um, hate groups like uh, KKK and stuff like that are actually down a little bit, amazingly enough. Huh. So, but, uh, but then again, I guess. That's because they joined the militia. I was going to say. <laughs> right. But then again, if you think about these anti-radical. Took off their hoods and picked up their guns. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not really much <laughs> difference. That's their slogan. Did you, guys, <laughs> did you? Did either of you ever go see Django Unchained? No. No. Damn it! So I can't talk about the hoods. Nope. Son of a bitch. That is a good oh segue, though. Two. I want the world to know that I have problems too. My people problems. Oh yeah, white people problems. Uh, so once again, two, one's in the news, one's personal. Uh, first, the personal because it's a good segue. Uh, I was at a restaurant the other night. Uh, I'm not gonna mention the restaurant, but um, came across. I was going to the restroom, and there was this uh, white lady that was just hysterical, because uh, she thought that there was a black man trying to follow her into the restroom. And this is a busy, packed restaurant, and she thinks that this black guy is trying to follow her in the restroom. And she doesn't want him anywhere near her. The guy was just trying to go to the restroom. 
Really? Yeah. So you're telling me that he some black trying, guy got up because you know how restaurants food. are. Like they have like you know the women's and men's are usually like side by side. Yeah. So yeah, he was walking behind her and she freaked out because she's a racist bitch. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So he wasn't trying to follow her. No. So you're telling me that a black man got out of his booth, yep. walked over to the bathroom, pissed, went back to his booth, and sat down. Yep. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> Yep, and she got the manager involved and uh, had, like, an employee, like, stay watch <laughs> so he wouldn't come back. Like, yeah. It's like, really, quit just quit being a racist bitch and just get over yourself. Like, you're fat and ugly. He doesn't want to fuck you, trust me. I don't know. She's fat. <laughs> she's no, fat she and white. Me. He might want some. <laughs> oh, Michael, you're the biggest racist on the show. <laughs> no, I'm not. I tell it like it is. Yeah. Anyway, so... uh. I, I, I don't even know how to respond to that story <laughs> just because that is definitely a white people problem right it there. Does they explain think black people are following them. <laughs> I know it does explain the 1300 militias out there. <laughs> right. If you can't even walk up to you, can't even go to, you can't even segue. go to a restaurant as a black man and go to the fucking restroom in a restaurant without people going, oh, my God, he's following me. Is he following me? He might have a gun. He might try to rob me in the restaurant in front of all these witnesses. All right. Oh. <laughs> And now for the one in the news. This one's great. I love it. Uh, this one has to do with a 60-year-old gentleman by the name of Lindsey Hammond. He has taken a giant wooden cross to 19 countries. And this poor, unfortunate Christian evangelist that's demonstrated his devotion of his faith by carrying this huge cross for thousands of miles across the globe for the past 26 years has been thrown out of St. Peter's Square in Rome been shot in Bangladesh, attacked by angry zealots, and arrested in Red Square in Moscow. This poor, poor guy. By the way, the cross has a wheel on it. I shit you not. Oh, dude, that'd get fucking heavy carrying that bitch around all the time. That's that's a white people problem right there. I want to carry a cross, but... Motherfucker's heavy. I'm going to put a wheel on it. Although I do say... I want to be Christ-like. I was gonna say, Let's I put a wheel on it. I don't think Jesus had a fucking wheel on his. Yeah, but he didn't have to walk 19 countries either, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he went like a mile down the road. Now, he was flogged and beaten, but, I mean, all the same, it was, it was a mile. I was going to say, I'd like to nail that fucker. To well, this bastard. guy's definitely been beaten, which he deserves. Well, I, don't yeah, know if he I don't know if he deserves to be beaten. I think you're just drunk. Yeah, I don't, but know, I don't know if he Dude, deserves. he's going into other people's countries that have other cultures and other religions and kind of just shitting in their face by waving around a giant fucking cross in front of them. Yeah. You that don't think some shit's going to happen? Oh, it could I, happen, I, I but I don't know if it's going to happen. It. I don't know if it's really deserved. I don't think it, I really want to wish ill or like pain on anybody. I just want them to not be so stupid. Yeah, and I don't really want him to get his ass kicked. Although it'd be funny if they took the cross and shoved up his ass. That would be funny. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one on the show who feels this way. Impelling <laughs> <laughs> with it, big that's old man. It's not, not okay. Strike a pose, bitch. I have. And actually, in this, oh, hold on. I, I just want to go into this a little bit more deeply. Uh, because I don't think that this guy actually has or is really doing this because of his devotion to his faith and all that stuff. Honestly, I think it's about him. Because if you read the interview that they do with him, he talks about uh, the love that you get from people is just amazing. When they stop and ask questions, they offer you food, they give you a place to stay. He, he doesn't talk one damn time about his God. He keeps on talking about 
the love that he feels when he's carrying the cross around and all the stuff that he gets for it. This isn't going to be funny to anybody listening, but I'm looking at a picture of him. Eric's got up, and the motherfucker looks like Gallagher. I think it'd be a funny bit if he was running around to, like, fucking farmer's markets and breaking goddamn watermelons with a cross <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> just smashing fucking watermelons. In Jesus' name! <laughs> and just fucking haul ass. Dude, you got to see the picture. <laughs> and, and the biggest white people problem in this whole story is, uh, this is his quote, I tried to give up my full-time work and do this full-time instead. But I didn't get enough money to make ends meet. Womp, womp. Well, hopefully he had the health insurance. So does that mean that he has to, you know, go get a job? Yeah, he actually has to work to support his uh, flying around the country with a really, giant uh, fucking cross. I have a pretty good anecdote here that will uh, uh, probably qualify as a white person problem. Oh, my. Uh, this isn't this didn't happen to me, but it happened to a uh, former bandmate of mine when I was in a band. He was telling me that there was one night that we were coming home from a show. And he and his uh, his girlfriend at the time were, uh, you know, getting frisky in the car. He's getting a little road head while he was driving. What? Now, the premise to this is the bass player and, uh, you know, her, I guess it was her sister were in her car and he was in his car driving, right? So he's getting road head in his car and the, our bass player at the time crashed and wrecked and flipped her car, right? Uh, I don't think they were – I think they took separate rides home because basically they, they wrecked her car out. And then he calls him up while he's getting roadhead. He's like, dude, I just totally flipped. I can't remember her name's car, right? You need to like get uh, – we're okay. We're fine. But you need to tell her blah, blah, blah. So in the middle of him getting roadhead, he hangs up his phone and he's like, do I tell her or do I let her finish? Let her finish. Oh, God, Which is exactly what he chose to do. Shit. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no-brainer. <laughs> But I just thought that, that that dilemma to me was so fucking perfect. <laughs> he's just like, I, I'm sure he's looking at his phone and he's getting head and he's like, do I, t- do I no, oh, no, do I tell her? There's no, no, I tell her. there's no doubt. Mm. He is, he is a fucking dick, but is he love the you. dick? I love you, Chris. By the way, just to, uh, you know, make more f- funny Fuck jokes you, at this, his last up. name, his last name is Cox. God so. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! God damn it. All right. That, that by the way, is titled uh, Dick of the Week Screamo. <laughs> <laughs> the, the alternate take. <laughs> yeah. So this week I picked uh, Arkansas State Senator Jason Rapert. First of all, fantastic name. I'm just going to say. I concur. Um, what he's known for, and this has been in the news a little bit lately, he proposed a bill in Arkansas called the Heartbeat Protection Act, which basically it bans all abortion after 12 weeks. Which, right off the bat, is it's unconstitutional because, of course, we know Roe versus Wade says that, you know, they're, what it came down to is if the baby can live outside the mother's womb, then that's when you can't have any more, which is usually around the 20, 24-week period. Um, so what he did was if they want to get an abortion after the 12-week mark, then they have to have uh, one of those transvaginal probes to check to see if they have a heartbeat present. And if so, then they're not allowed to have the abortion. Like I said, it's unconstitutional it's going to be struck down although i do want to make one point he was nice enough to put in the exception for rape and incest so he went above and beyond there 
Such a sweetheart. Yeah, and the measure went through. It passed, of course, because they have a Republican House and Senate there in the state, but they have a Democratic governor, and he vetoed it, and he said, look, I'm not going to pass – I'm not going to sign this into legislation because it's an unconstitutional bill, and if I do, it's end up going to cost our state millions of dollars because we're going to get our ass sued off, and it's going to be struck down anyway. Well, Jason Raper and the other Republicans started fucking – getting together, and they're like, no, we're not going to have this shit. We're going to fucking get rid of this goddamn bullshit. bullshit as fast as we can. So they got together and overrode his veto. So it has become law, and of course the ACLU and other entities have already said, we are going to go ahead and fucking take this shit to court. So like the governor said, it's going to cost them millions of dollars, and yet here's another abortion bill. But the one thing I found on him that I really want you guys all to hear is a fabulous clip from a year ago where he was speaking at a tea uh, party rally, and I think this is going to sum up what an awesome guy that Jason Rapert really is. Folks, it's serious. I've told you one thing that's important tonight. You've got to change the hearts and the minds of the people that live around you. You've got to change the hearts and minds of the people that live around you. You've got to pray. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I wonder sometimes when they invited all the Muslims to come into the White House and have them a little Ramadan supper when our president could not take the time to go attend a national prayer breakfast. I wonder what he stands for. You know what? They told me that what you say speaks so loudly that, well, excuse me, what you do speaks so loudly that what you say I cannot hear. I hear you loud and clear, Barack Obama. You don't represent the country that I grew up with. And your values is not going to save us. We're going to try to take this country back for the Lord. We're going to try to take this country back for conservatism. And we're not going to allow minorities to run roughshod over what you people believe in. So there's so many things that I love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, dude. Yeah, like, my, this Michael's is, all giddy over here. I fucking love the Muslims in the White House and the Ramadan dinner. That one fucking <laughs> cracked me up. And then I love they're taking the country back for the Lord. And then he, I like how he says that, you know, Obama, you know, of course, he's anti-fucking Christian because he doesn't attend the stupid prayer breakfast that they have annually. He's been to every fucking one of them. And who gives a shit anyway? I'd prefer him not go to them. Right. And then my favorite was the very end there when we're not going to let the minorities run roughshod over us. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard, I was like, I fucking love this whole clip. There's nothing. That's a minute of fucking pure gold right there. And I hope you guys could hear it good. I had to pull that. It was off a video recording, so it was a terrible quality. I tried to clean it up, but it's why would, so great. Why would anyone want to be involved in that? This is, I just, I, it's such a great, I, it, it leaves me speechless. How do people get through fucking church and then go to this and hear about how this hate and how we don't like people because of the color of their skin. We don't like people because they believe something different than us. So much so that we're going to be violent? Come on. Well, no, but they're taking the country back for the Lord, and the Lord doesn't like the minorities, evidently, yeah. so we gotta keep them from running roughshod over us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a state no, senator. When, when you get people to believe in fallacies, you can make them commit atrocities. Yep. So Plain and simple. So the great that's uh, got to be a quote somewhere. Great state state center from Arkansas, Jason Rapert, Dick of the Week. Congratulations, motherfucker. Yep. So he goes in the hopper. So he's got one vote for 
<laughs> he may make dick of the year with that fucking clip. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think Mahorny's in yeah, the Mahorney's right got Yeah, Mahoney. I think it's Mahoney, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. it is Mahoney, but we, we just whatever. like to call him Mahorney. And it's so easy. I, w- I, w- I brought this up to you guys last week. I forgot to bring it over the show. I just wanted to point out that I think it's awesome that the, all the Cardinals are meeting at the Vatican City to pick the new Pope now, doing their conclave. And uh, one of the Cardinals there that's helping decide the next Pope is uh, old uh, Cardinal Mahorney. I just love the fact that after all he's done, and then I point out to these two, uh, the one Cardinal who wasn't allowed to go was the Cardinal from England, and he's not allowed to go because there's been charges brought up on him because he was sexually harassing priests. Not kids, priests. <laughs> so if you can let people diddle kids and you get away with it, then you're still good to go. But if you touch another fucking priest cock, your fucking ass is out, buddy. We're not having that shit. <laughs> Oh my God! God love them Catholics. Boy Something lovers. Like Something like that. Yes. So this week, half hour later, and I think this is gonna be the longest show of all time. Me and Boggs said we're gonna filibuster this fucking thing. We're gonna pull a Rand Paul and I. Yes. Whatever. Like that's I, what I, separates you from Mr. Jack Rabbit. Uh, over there. I love the fact that I fucking I'm butcher. I'm gonna interject rhetoric here and there. I butcher every <laughs> other fucking word. He's gonna. Oh, your grammar's improper. Who gives a shit at this point? Plus, I'm drinking. I'm not going to fucking care. I drank before I came over. I'm going to drink during. So, get ready for it. Actually, I think I'm more coherent tonight, actually. I'm telling you, dude. I got to start drinking more. <laughs> um, so, no. We're covering... the worst advice ever. People, people don't, don't, don't do We're that. covering healthcare tonight. And like I said, this one might... Who knows? This might run a little bit long. Because you guys can't get enough of us. Especially Eric. We'll do a two-parter. <coughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't know where you guys want to start. I've got so much greatness. I, er, I think everybody's got a little bit of something different. Do you guys want to start on uh, like comparisons, or do you want to start on the insurance side of it? Yeah, this is the thing I was going to say. Like, You guys just gonna, go wherever you want, and I'll just interject. There we go. <laughs> and it'll be something completely opposite to what you're saying. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to okay. be great. we got a role I'm reversal with Boggs and Eric tonight. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know, right? That's how I started. No, I, I was going to say uh, the difference is that I'll, I'll, I want to make this distinction. Health insurance is not health care. Health care is you going to the doctor and getting treated. Health care is you going to the hospital in an emergency because you, you know, had your j- dick chopped off from your girlfriend because oh she was pissed at you. Health care is you being taken care of. Health insurance is the insurance that you don't go broke over your health care. It's the uh, little premium that you pay that says, I'm going to pay into this program to build your wealth and in the event that I have an emergency happen that is an unforeseen event, you cover my bill. You're trading in $150 premiums, $200 premiums for you know X amount at the end of a claim. Now, if anyone doesn't notice this or know what this is, your deductible is the amount of risk you take. So if you take a $2,000 deductible, that's where your your loss will stop that year. If you spend anything over two thousand in terms of medical s- expenses, they begin covering all of your bills. So you know, in theory, in the in the way that, uh, and basically what I'm trying to say, and you know, when I started doing research for this particular episode, uh, I found that I wanted to cover healthcare as much as I could and not health insurance, and that was fucking impossible because everything that you know I think is a valid thing to talk about on this show ended up being health insurance related, not health care related. 
Michael will probably go over the the like similarities between our system and like for instance Canada, which is the you know the closest one that we have, yes. just because of its geographical loca- uh, location. And it's also the one that most people reference. Yes, it is. Whenever they're having a counter argument, they're always like, well, in Canada, they can't wait an hour for fucking emergency care. By the way, everything that I've heard or seen about uh, Canadian health care, it's either the same as it is here or it's a little better. And I'll tell you this much, what what, what I'm really going to bring up here and and the point that I think I'm most passionate about when it comes to health care is if you're a government, your citizens' health should be a public good. That's the case I'm going to make on this show here is I don't like the idea that your health and your well-being is assigned a price tag because even if you are you know, a small business owner and you really try really hard, and I'll tell you now, there are small business owners out there that work their fucking asses off to acquire wealth. You know, there comes a point when if you get hurt, you can't have act- – there's no active income anymore, which I have a personal story for you guys that you probably don't know about in terms of my family. Like my dad is the same way with this. So a lot of my evidence is just watching what's happened through his whole endeavor since he's had his motorcycle accident. But um, it uh, will absolutely steal your wealth. Like even when you do acquire wealth, they'll just take it from yeah. you. It's that expensive. But no, it makes sense that the government would want, would want to make that a, uh, a priority because after all, if they want a healthy economy, they need healthy workers. Yep. Right? Well, I mean... Or you could just have them completely indebted to you because medical debt can't be erased with, you know, bankruptcy laws. Oh yeah, so they they flip flopped it to where it's uh, it's more or less they uh, trap you. It's more or less uh, healthcare has become a uh, a business. Exactly. And a business model is to make money. So how are they going to make money by keeping you sick? It's not even about that. It's about denying your claims, which I'm about to go over. Or that too. That, that's the and see this is the thing is like when I had my daughter, I remember in the doctor's office, after one of my wife's, uh, I think it was a, uh, I think it was the first time we got a sonogram. I remember literally across the room. They have my health insurance info in front of me. Literally across go, the room. I shut up. Anyway, I look up. I look up at Amy. I'm like, thank God we bought health insurance. Thank God we have all this stuff. And the entire time, they denied every claim we ever made. So I ended up, uh, like, and we knew ahead of time, like, we have a, uh, an HSA. It's a health savings account. It's all tax deductible. And we're like, okay, well, listen, just tell us what the total is going to be at the end of it, and we'll go ahead and work that up through the nine-month period, right? They told us everything I thought was going to cost, right? It, it totaled, like, 2500 bucks. I was like, damn, I thought it was going to be more than that, but whatever. So I scrape it together. And at the end of it, I pay off everything, and then I get a bill for $10,000. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Where the fuck did this come from? And that's why. They're like, well, you paid your doctor bill, but you didn't pay the hospital stay. You didn't pay any of the hospital indemnity. You didn't pay for all the tests we ran. It's like, why the fuck didn't you tell me about that beforehand? Uh, so this is kind of what I mean is, like, they're very, very good. As, oh, God, I, I have, you know, on the note of bills, the bill that came in while my dad had his motorcycle wreck was fucking 80 pages. That's how long the total ran. The total ran 80 pages full of diagnostics, tests, drugs, hospital indemnity, surgery, all of it. So, you know, on one, on one end, I'm completely fine, and I, I, Eric and I will dispute this in greater detail later, I'm sure. I'm completely fine with somebody trying to make their life better and acquiring wealth. I don't have a problem with that. My problem is you're doing it at the expense of people's lives in this instance when it comes to health care. Um, 
Uh, one of the things that I've, I've said on the show before about like my family in particular is like my nephew, for instance, has had you know a couple of friends say, well, I'm conservative because when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor and I don't like liberals because they're just trying to tax me more, which to me is like, wow, you're a fucking cunt because we already know ahead of time if you're in the medical field, you're going to make money. Taxes don't matter. You want a higher tax bracket. You make more if you're in it, you jackass. Yeah. What a douche. So anyway, uh, but the stuff that I pulled off for the show is is based around health insurance. And the first one I wanted to go over. Uh, <laughs> what the first one? Jesus Christ. I thought we already were halfway through it. No. Okay. I'm going to no, go back to sleep. Wake me up in a few minutes. Fuck you. That was the premise. <laughs> now, this, this will be really quick, though. But basically, oh, make it quick. the research that I did was like, okay, well, you know, in a perfect scenario, you pay your premiums. Shit happens. You meet your deductible. You say, okay, that's the stop of my loss. They cover the rest of your bill. Um, my problem with the way that this works is after seeing what my dad has to go through with his shit, you have to fight for them to pay things off like that. Oh, yeah. You have to fight for them to do all these big expenses like that. And, you know, at the time, it, it's such a struggle because, first off, my dad is like, he hasn't, he hasn't had a good day in literally 10 years. Like, since his accident that he's had, he, he broke his back. His back is constantly in pain. He's had like two or three surgeries just to try to uh, restructure his back so he can stand upright and not be in pain all the time. None of that's worked. So now, it had, now like the, the solution uh, that the doctors have given him have been, um, we're just going to put you on pain medication the rest of your life, hydrocodone. Well, now hydrocodone is like a level two. I don't know. They changed the, the way they classify it as a narcotic. So it's harder to get a hold of. So he'll go probably a week or so without pain meds. And he's done that every single month for the last three years. And it's the same shit every single time we do that. They'll call and, you know, somebody at the doctor's office left off something important for the insurance company. So he has to go and fax the doctor's office another form. They have to fill it out correctly. Then he has to fax the corrected form to the health insurance company. I'm like, okay, that's a great plan if you're completely healthy and you're just smiling and happy with your life. But the motherfucker is in pain. So it pisses me off that we have a system that allows for these people to just assume that you're okay. And then you just, I mean, you're, you're sitting there in pain doing a bunch of paperwork and shit back and forth for days at a time. And it's, it's annoying to me that people are out there with that attitude that, oh, well, you know, I just, I want to be conservative because, you know, I'll make more money that way when you have people's lives in your hands. It's fucking annoying. And this is kind of what I mean by, you know, the conservative movement that we've had in this country is starting to drive me insane. And it, it wouldn't bother me so much that you feel differently than me, except for that you're hurting people. So anyway, though, the next way that they do this is the denial part. And this is where I started looking up uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield because that's the insurance company that I had. So this is from uh, the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona. And there's a couple of different little... Uh, segments I wanted to go over. The first one is their claims data. This is according to them, so please consider that this may be incorrect. <laughs> but uh, it says the percentage of their claims denied is 3.4%. And then it goes over reasons for denial. And this is the best part. It goes, uh, claimant not covered at the time. So they weren't covered at the time. I don't understand that stat because how are they in your company and how do you have stats on that if they aren't covered from you? But it's 40% of that three and a half, right? Uh, services were not a covered benefit, 20%. That's where I fell into that category in terms of like pregnancy and stuff because uh, when I talked to my agents, it was like, I even asked them, I was like, so if I go to the hospital for any reason at all, it's covered? 
Yes. Except pregnancy. What? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I went to the fucking hospital. Why the fuck wasn't that covered? One of the most common things. Mm, because possible. you had sex, and we don't like women. Services <laughs> were denied by Medicare, 9.9%. That's something we could correct overnight, because that's bullshit. Um, claim was received outside of the time limitation specified on the provider contract. <laughs> I gotta love that one. 3%. And this is this is what I say is the best fucking reason for denial ever. All other reasons, 26.4%. <laughs> Whatever the fuck we want it to be. All other reasons. Yeah. Well, that's so... Well, that's like you said. It's a for-profit thing, so they're going to find any loophole they can to deny the coverage. That's why we need to have... That's why every other industrialized nation has a single-payer type or socialized type system because healthcare should be a right. And not only the financial aspect, like you're talking about how much your cost you incurred. Harvard did a study where they said that 62% of bankruptcies are linked in some way to either people having a prolonged illness or medical expenses, you know. And then a conservative viewpoint is, well, they ran up all this debt and stuff. It's like, motherfucker, if you have a mortgage, that's a thousand to two thousand dollar debt every month right there. You got to pay. Then you got car payments well, or whatever. Depending on where you live, it can be more than that. Exactly. I mean, that's probably about average. And then. You think you if you get a prolonged illness, you're not working, you're not making an income, and then you have these medical expenses that keep building, keep building. Because insurance, like you said, there's premiums you pay into, and then after that, there's only a certain percentage that they pay after that. You have to keep paying out of pocket. So you think 62% of bankruptcies. I mean, that's people's lives ruined financially because of medical expenses in this country that these other countries do not have to worry about. That's a drag on our economy. It's a drag on productivity, like you said. I mean, it, and then that's, I mean, not to make fun of it, but they do, there's other studies where they show, I mean, there's a lot of times you have suicides and stuff. A lot of, most of the time, it's usually financial reasons. And then, you know, that's another link in it right there. Well, especially if you're filing for bankruptcy and you kill yourself over that, apparently 62% of that is going to be related to some sort of medical thing. Yeah, then your then the your life insurance doesn't have to pay your relatives for your death, so they get fucked too. It's like ah, can't get out of this no matter what we do. You think these sick people would get more of a fair shake if they uh, covered themselves in placentas and called themselves a fetus? Oh yeah, that's right. We we didn't trademark that. That was one other thing that we came up with. Fucking stitch together a bunch of placentas and put it, wrap them around yourself, and then you're fucking good to go. That's a good point. We'll have to work on that. I. That that one, I've got to admit, that one blindsided me a little bit. I'm not really <laughs> sure what the fuck to say about that. You forgot about that? I'm just saying, the Christians don't give a shit about sick and dying people, but they give a shit about if, if a... You're in the womb. Uh, yeah. I think it has to be up a pussy first before they Whoa! Get <laughs> shit! So you have to okay, put on so what if I have the placenta wrapped around me, I call myself a penis, and I'm inserting into a woman? That's kind of hot, I think. <laughs> sounds like a very nasty porn. It's like a <laughs> disgusting smell in the room too. So anyway, we put him in the other room when we did the podcast. Way to interject, Eric. After all of our statistical stuff, you interject with placenta penis. Um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to bring up is uh, if you guys want, I have a denial rate for Dallas. No. In terms of all of the uh, the companies that are around here, nah. not interested. Nah. This is Blue People Cross Blue care. Shield and Aetna. We say we don't give a shit. Don't, they don't actually have the one that I have, which is United Health. But why do you keep talking? 
because this is important. <laughs> this is the topic, you douche. I told you he's filibustering this. We're gonna. This is gonna be a two-hour show. <laughs> no, you said me. if you like, I have, and I said no, and you kept on talking. I well, I'm gonna keep talking anyway, Eric. So you can just sit back and drink oh your goddamn man. beer. So, uh, Aetna, denial rate, 17%. This is all in Dallas, by the way. This is actually close to home to us. Uh, Aetna, 17% denial rate. Blue Cross and Blue Shield, according to this site, which this source is uh, healthcare.gov, Blue Cross Blue Shield has a 10 to 16% denial rate. I guess that I'm not really sure why there's a range there. Uh, Cigna has a 21 to 29% denial rate. Jesus, that means that uh, they have a 70%. Wow, that's fucking shit. What's mine? I think mine's Cigna shit. I'm is fucked. it Cigna? Mine's, Yay. Mine's I'm fucked. Yeah, mine's United <laughs> Healthcare. This sounds more legit than the three point fucking four percent or whatever bullshit you saw earlier. There's no way three point four percent. Yeah, that's has. why. I, that's why I wanted to bring that. I, I started looking up different sources for this, and this is a uh, well. I know you said that was off their insurance side. Of course, they're gonna fucking oh yeah, we yeah. cover everything. Well, even even if you're talking about like number percentage number of claims denied. Uh, you can make sure that that's true and just fuck the numbers up a little bit. And then the reasons for denial is hilarious. All other reasons, 26%. Well, what the fuck are all other reasons? Damn it, I do have Cigna. He just <laughs> looked up, he just looked in his wallet and fucking looked for Cigna. Oh, sorry to break that to you, buddy. Sorry. I'm not really that sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, I was doing something else. What were you saying just then? <sighs> Has it been 15 seconds yet? I give up. Oh, sorry. Um... What the fuck? Oh, so are you done with your insurance portion? Can is it time for me to wake everybody back up? Oh, yes, that's what I'm talking about. <sighs> yeah, time for another. I was beer. trying to wake everybody up with my little yeah. interjection of humor. No, that w- that was good, box. That was good. Do you have more? That's Honestly, I mean, do you have more? Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a couple of things more. The next thing that I brought up was this one. Actually, is is we can probably skip this. I guess it's I brought up the actual law, the Affordable Health Care Act, section by section. And there's lots of sections. Let's read the whole so thing. You want to read the whole thing? Let's read the whole thing off for the podcast. Let's just read the whole uh, Affordable Care Act. We'll see if the fans fucking listen. To the whole <laughs> <laughs> Be like, we'll get comments like TLD. Oh my god, L. too long didn't listen. I was gonna say there's gonna be some suicides if we do that. One hundred percent of all suicides listening to the show happened in the healthcare show. Why are you doing that? I want to go through um, like we were talking about with the whole Canada thing. Oh. Canada. Every time we talk about socialized medicine or something, you know, they always can start doing the comparisons of Canada. Oh, well, fucking Canada, you have this issue and blah, blah, blah. And they always want to rip on them. So I got a little bit of information on good old Canada and their stuff. Um, for instance, one thing you always hear about, uh, you know, if we go to like a socialized or single payer system like that, well, the taxes are going to go through the roof. Um, yep. Well, actually, the average income tax or after income tax in Canada, their workers are about 82% of their income gross pay is what they, you know, they reclaim after taxes. In the United States, it's 81.9% right now. So as of right now, the tax rates are practically the same what people are paying out into them. And one thing I think people don't understand is we're talking about the cost of health care. Like I know, I don't know what you guys pay, but just on average, like I might for myself, my wife, my kid probably put out close to about 350 a month for healthcare, and I'd say most people probably pay more than that. Yes, I mean, most people yeah, I pay more. So for myself, yeah, I was gonna say I think <laughs> our rates are pretty good because I'm an, I work for a really large corporation. I think most people probably pay four to six hundred a month out of pocket for healthcare. 
if you made let's say thirty thousand a year and you're taxed at eight percent, eight percent more came out of your paycheck, you still wouldn't be paying that much in taxes. So I think that people have to take into account. You know, it's like well. I might pay more tax-wise. It's just almost like Social Security come out or Medicare coming out. But in the overall scheme of things, it's going to be a cheaper service. Because one thing that they you know, brought up, too, is um, they talk about the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy. God damn, fuck me. I was doing so good, too. I was on a roll, guys. Um, <laughs> but in uh, Canada and stuff, the fact is, in the United States healthcare system, more than 31% of every dollar spent on healthcare goes to paperwork, overhead, CEO salaries, profits, you know, the stuff that isn't necessary if it was government run. Whereas in Canada, 1%. So there's your savings right there if you think about it. You're talking about a 30% savings automatically just because of the overhead costs and stuff because government is not for profit, which we've talked about before in many aspects. Whereas if you have a healthy uh, private health insurance companies and they're going to try to drain you for every dollar they can and deny every fucking cost that they can. So, I mean, there's a huge difference right off the bat. And I think another thing with Canada that a lot of people kind of get into them is the, uh, the wait times and stuff. And, um, you know, well, if you go and you have to have a procedure in Canada, you got to get on a wait list and it could be months and months before these things happen. Um, Actually, Canada boasts lower incidence of uh, mortality rates than the United States for, like, cancers, for instance. Because a lot of times that's the big one that will come up. You know, if you have a cancer, you know, to get the screenings or the procedures done, you're going to have to a longer wait. And um, over time, th- the truth is that they showed it is a little bit of a longer wait in Canada. But the fact is that this, you know, right off the bat, everything is covered. So you're getting every treatment possibly that you need whereas in the united states you have to fight tooth and nail to get some of those treatments i know this because my my father had it had throat cancer and stuff and he was having some issues with some of the you know with the insurance paying certain things to do because of his age and everything they didn't want to invest the cash you know it's it's one of those capital returns things it's like is this going to benefit the company um you know i know obama's got death panels but you know what the insurance companies have them right now and they're fucking in full force and they use them every day um, but as of right now, uh, only 11% of uh, Canadians compared to 14% of Americans um, do not get their health care needs met. So, and that's, you know, like I said, there may be some times where there are possible wait periods that are longer. But the fact of the matter is they're getting just as much care, probably better care, and it's not fucking Bankrupt in a sixty-three percent. That's rate. the thing. I, like, I know uh, the, the difference between eleven percent and fourteen to me is negligible. They're about the same. Which, and, and you know, when you think about it, those systems that we have here, the, you know, the way you get into the hospital, they are outmatched by the number of people who are sick or hurt walking in the door per number of doctors that can do something about it. No matter where you go, it's a shortage. It's always going to be a battle. What you can do different is not fucking bankrupt the patient. Yeah. Which is probably my biggest problem. It's not, you know, that's, I, I hate when people say that too because they say all that, you know, if you, if you go to Canada, your wait time's, w- it's a less, uh, it's less of, you know, a, a care. You don't get the same whatever. You don't get the same medication. You don't get the same cert. No, it's not really true. Frankly, it's probably about the same. But there's one place you can go that doesn't fucking bankrupt you. And actually, I know people that are in the States that get their drugs from Canada because they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
Yeah, and there's did either of you ever watch Michael Moore's documentary Sicko ever? I no. did, I saw it way. It's back. very biased. I will definitely grant that it's a very biased thing. But uh, one of the things that really it's just hard to bias is he'll go around to like pharmacies in Mexico and like Puerto Rico. I think is where he actually ended up, and he's just like. He'll walk in and he's like, how much for like hydrocodone or something that's like 10 cents a pill or some shit like that? Yeah. And he's just like, are you fucking kidding me? And there's like a lady on his documentary that's like crying in Guatemala because she's getting these pills for like five bucks and she spent like 35 to 50 a week or something like that on pills. And yes, pretty, I saw that where people are going down to Mexico to get their, their drugs and they don't even have to have like their prescription. <laughs> it's a little shady, but yeah, they could go down there and get this stuff for Well, I mean, if you go anywhere else, cheaper. like... Well, it shows you the uh, gloated, bloated... Uh, money machine that is big pharma. Yes. Well, pharmaceuticals. But look at Walgreens, man. If you walk into any like pharmaceutical place in America right now, you can also buy milk, bread. You can get a soft drink. You can go get a bunch of like you know family need shit like condoms and stuff. You can go get chips for your party that weekend. You can get toys for your kids. You can get makeup. You can get a card for your you know cousin's birthday. Oh, and you can get medication. If you walk into another place like that in, like, Great Britain, you know what you can get in a pharmacy? Pharmaceuticals. You can't get magnums in there? No, you can't. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that might be part of it. That one's a little bit more helpful. Because it's a business model. Yes, it is. It is definitely a business model. Why not have all of these impulsive things immediately brought up to you while you're getting medication? Save your trip to Walmart. Oh, my. Well, I know one of the things, well, that's the thing with the cost and not so much Walgreens, but kind of going back a step where we're talking about the, you know, everybody starts yelling, you know, the whole thing about socialized medicine, government run medicine. And then when they point to Canada, the fact is, I don't think people realize the, the hospitals and the doctors are all private. I mean, they don't work for the state. Now, England is different. The England medical system the state runs the hospitals and the doctors. They pay them directly. It's not like that in, um, in Canada. I mean, Canada, it's not really socialized medicine. They call it socialized, like social insurance is what they call it. Because the doctors are actually work in the private sector, and their pay comes from a public source. And it says that about 90% of physicians in Canada are paid on a fee-to-service basis. So it's not socialized medicine. It's like I said, the conservatives take things and they kind of twist and manipulate. Like I said, the wait times, you know, oh, they don't have as many doctors as, you know, they have in the United States or Canadians come across the border to use our medical facilities. And I looked up some stuff on that. I couldn't find definitive numbers, but the percentage I saw are very rare. And they specified that when ca Canadians do use our medical service, it's usually because they're over here, like on, let's say, a vacation and there's an emergency, you know, and they have to use it. It's not hey, uh, I'm just going to fucking run across over here, you know, the border over into Detroit and get me the fucking heart transplant I've been really wanting to get. You know, it's not that way. Like I said, the percentages that I saw were very minor. And I tried to find a couple studies to back it up, and I couldn't really find anything too definitive, but it's there's really no proof of that either. So it's like you got all these arguments. They're the same kind of tired-ass arguments, but there's really no factual data to back any of them up. I don't know if you looked anything up on that, Boggs, or... I know Eric. <laughs> in terms of what they're paid? Well, I figured, actually, just to spur of the moment thing, I figured I would look up, like, what uh, British doctors are paid. And this is quite a confliction. The first one I found was, most doctors are not paid six-figure sums, figure shows. 
Uh, sellers in the medical profession vary widely and are based on the grade and experience of the doctor and also sex because there's a gender difference there. No way. Yes. Actually, that I should say that that's in America, not Br- Great Britain. That could be different. With only a small minority paid six-figure sums, according to figures from the British Medical Association. So apparently, let's see if I can't find an actual figure. I was going to say, I think the British ones, like I said, because it is state-run, I think there's our day. I actually have some numbers on that about the, the pay. This for says the there are 45,000 hospital consultants who are paid between 74 pounds, 74,000 pounds, and then 100,000 pounds in a year. Salaries, uh, let's see. Well, remember, pound. Average are 103,000 pounds a year for partners and practices uh, to anything between 53K and 81K. I was going to say, br- remember the conversion, like in converting to U.S. dollars when I was showing, and these are studies from like 2008, 2009. This is 2012. Um, UK, I think that on average, a primary care physician makes about 159000 a year. That's the median like, for them. Yeah, that, that, that's the next thing I was going to say is the next one that I saw was uh, thousands of strike doctors. This is, uh, let's see what this is, full, fullfact.org is the site that I'm looking at here. It says thousands of strike doctors earn more than the PM and hundreds are on more than 250,000 pounds. See, and that's another <laughs> thing they talk <laughs> about, too, shit. is we're not going to have – as if you go if you put a, this type of pay, a system into effect, you, doctors are going to quit because they're not going to make any money and you're not going to have as many doctors. I, I pulled a lo- uh, some stats. They have – there's the uh, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, and they do a survey, and they do this every year. Um, unfortunately, the last year I have that they put out from last year is from 2010 stats. So I was a couple years behind. And they do the quality of um, health care between 30 or 30, 13 industrialized countries. It's uh, Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, Japan, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and the United States. I'm saying that once, and that's it. <laughs> so I hope you guys got that. Um, they break it down between like spending right off the bat. I think everybody knows that we spend more money on our healthcare system than any other country by far. For instance, in 2009, 17.4% of our GDP went to health insurance. The second country on that list was France at 11.8%, and the lowest one was uh, Japan at 8.5%. So we are spending twice as much as the last one, and the median for those 13 nations was 9.5%. So we are spending double on insurance of any of those countries. And the difference, we're the only one that doesn't have a socialized type medical system. Um, then when you go into like health factors, if they always say, well, but, you know, we have an older population or, you know, we have more smokers or, you know, there's always reasons behind it. In actuality, our percentage of population over 65, Japan has 22 percent. We have 13 the median is 15 percent of the population. So we actually have a lower population of the elderly. When it comes to, like, tobacco usage, Japan, 25% of their population uses, over 15, uses tobacco products, 16%. The median, 21%. There again, we're over. The only one that we kick ass in is obesity. We fucking dominate. Imagine that. Dude, listen to this one. No, this is a fucking... fat fucking American. Oh, my God, dude. This is a kick in the balls. Listen to this. Japan, 3.9% of their people are are obese. I love Japanese girls, dude. Okay. And what is America's? United States, 33.8%. Oh, so man. Crushing it. Yeah. So Literally. We're kicking ass. They don't have a median on that, but just from the numbers they have from the other countries that they show, it looks like it's probably around 15, 20%, I'd say. So dude, we're, if we ever go to war with like North Korea, maybe that's how we beat them. We just sit on them. Just <laughs> they hide in caves. 
You just try to roll over the cave spot and you just clog the cave up. Yeah, not to digress too much. North Korea. It's Afghanistan. I was going to say, not to digress too much, but... No, no, man. They had caves in North Korea. You know, I did the Dick of the Week with Kim Jong-un the other week and stuff about him fucking talking about, ooh, going to war with this, you know. And then, of course, this week he came out and said, he goes, you know, I'm thinking about launching some nukes on your ass. You keep pissing us off. So he's working for it, too. He's working on another one. God damn it. I'm going to start building a fucking bunker. I give up. Nah, I don't think we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need health insurance. We need not bunkers. to be the not to be the like America's so good at everything we do ever. But I'm pretty sure that militarily speaking, if they launched a nuke in the air, it would probably blow up in their face. Yeah, you're. You, a lot of people do assume that like uh, North Korea has like this uh, big standing army. Like most of their population is uh, under very malnourished. Yes. And uh, probably not properly trained. Well, you know why? Because they've been isolated. You know why? They're they in make the dark. Yeah, I was about to say, you know why they make really good soldiers? Because if you're not a soldier, you're nothing, man. You're just easy That's to true. walk over. So No, there's actually a um, uh, NASA, like they photographed uh, Korea mm-hmm. and uh, at night. So you have South Korea, which is like bright as shit. North Korea, dark as hell, except for one little spot. And that's where, like, the, the palace is. Yep. I'm going to have to fucking check that out. Like, they I are, believe it, They're though. seriously, like, in the dark. No, oh, I believe that country. I feel bad for those people, man. Well, they don't know any better. I mean, and some of them do. Some of them escaped to South Korea. And uh, after Japanese women, Korean women, second on the list of the Asian women <laughs> I love. Anyway, so we're bringing... Why do you like them? Is it because they look so young? I, dude, I don't know. I got to think for Japanese girls. I don't know what it is, man. I feel bad for them, too, because they're all going to I think it's because they can be 60 and still look like they're 15. Hey, man, they keep it together. And as we just learned a second ago, they're not a bunch of fat asses either, which is always <laughs> nice. Oh, and on the doctor... that's what we meant by malnourished. On the doctor's <laughs> thing and stuff. Jesus. You know, we brought up, like, oh, you know, if you have this fucking socialized healthcare system, you're not going to be able to recruit doctors. Okay, well... This is, yeah, I know, physicians per thousand uh, people. In the United States, we have 2.4. In Canada, it's 2.6. And the median is 3. So we actually have less than the median of those 13 countries that I listed off earlier already. Again, they all have a socialized healthcare system, and we don't. <laughs> so I will say something about uh, the way that we do things here, too. Uh, you have to pay for your higher education. And um, Th- that's, that's a another giant, giant. See, this is the thing that people exactly. like. But you pay so many taxes if you live in France. Yeah, but you go to school for free, and if you get hurt, you don't just lose everything yes. you've ever made yeah. ever. Yes, you have health care. That's a huge you fucking perk. Exactly. I mean, that's that's. The, the, I don't think people understand if you pay, and this is the like it, it would have been absolutely no a no brainer for me to go to college if it was paid for. Oh no shit! Yeah, Absolute I know. Zero I had to, no brainer. I had to stop. I had to stop because I was like, I'm not taking debt on. I don't. I don't believe in taking debt. I don't like to do that. And to top that. Um, you know, I, I can't fucking meet that anymore. I have too much else to do with my kid and, you know, I've got a wife to take care of and I had to go work. That's so. the, that's this country, man. It's work, 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 you know, education be damned. Healthcare is not a right. It's all on your own. Fucking do it. If you can't, well, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't do enough. It's hey your man, fault. but the healthcare is doing really good for the GDP, right? That's good for everybody, <laughs> right? Hey, we're only twice the median for the other right? countries. We're doing real that good. It does good for us, right? GDP means good for us. Like I said, 30%. That's what Fox News tells me. 30% of your CNN. dollars. 
and MSNBC. Wasted. Wasted. Yep. On overhead. Wasted. Not even going towards your care. I, r- I really, I know that's kind of sidetracked, but I really get pissed off when they use the GDP as a barometer of how uh, good our country is or how good our country's doing. It's not. It's really fucking not. Well, it's like using the stock market. It's great for those 30 companies that they've it's selected. It's a horrible barometer. And if you're in there, yeah. Yeah, like but the, the CPI index. Um, it's like, yeah, okay, the, the GDP is great. Oh, great. It's, you know, the well, stock market is doing awesome. To be fair. Uh, let's not mind that uh, 40% of the stocks are owned by 1% of the fucking population. Bingo. Right. This is the thing Suck my dick. I mean, the GDP is still mm. good for a lot of things, but it's not a measure of like the health of the nation, I'll say. In but they do. They use it as like a barometer well, hey, we, for how well we're doing as a nation. We've talked about this too, about how they use markets as an example, and that's been like a thing forever. And and um, that, and, and there there's the fallacy is like, like he said, our health care is like a huge chunk of our GDP, mm-hmm. and it's used as the uh, barometer of the health of our, uh, of our country. But meanwhile, <laughs> if you have higher Medicare, that means it's like sick and dying people. Yeah. So that's really not a good way of judging it. Like, well, I mean, that's it's it's a matter of what you're. And this is the thing for for this show. And like, you know, part of our solution. I think what our solution is, you know, these should be public goods. If our system is a bit different, if we, you know, decide to take it like, well, we're going to contract out all of the doctors and pay them, and then raise the tax rate. You know, I think that's the problem. Is is the solution is you have to be taxed more. But the other thing is, they're taking away your premiums. So you don't have to pay premiums anymore, and then you pay taxes. Yeah. But all of a sudden, because we've said the word tax. Yeah, we're socialist. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not only it's not only premiums, but then you don't have to worry about deductibles and those nope. additional costs. Everything is taken care of. You are scheduled. You have your checkups every year. And that would save a ton of money right off the bat. If everybody was covered where they could go get their annual checkups, then they don't have these problems that fester. It's like all these poor people who don't have health insurance or people who just don't have it. It's been, usually it's younger people. It's like people in yeah. their 20s, you know, they're out of college. They don't. Ha- they can't be on their parents' roll anymore. Well, now they can, thanks to the Health Care uh, Affordability Act. But, you you know, in the past, they, they couldn't be. So you had this grouping. So anytime something happens, they'll keep putting off, putting off. And then it gets to the point where it's like, fuck, I got to do something. So then they're going to emergency rooms and stuff. They're not insured. So who, you know, is going to take on those additional costs? The people with insurance. That's why our insurance premiums keep going up and up and yep. up. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I don't understand why people can't get in their fucking heads. And I wanted, I got some st- some stats on, uh, we were talking about drugs, you know, the whole pharmaceutical companies and how they fucking rape you. Well, I think it's uh, about high time that we listen from uh, Mr. Obama. Oh, you got some Obama? Yeah. Well, let's listen to Obama. The details that every American needs to know about this plan. First... If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. Under this plan, it will be against the law for insurance companies to deny you coverage because of a pre-existing condition. As soon as I sign this bill, it will be against the law for insurance companies to drop your coverage when you get sick or water it down when you need it the most. They will no longer be able to place some arbitrary cap on the amount of coverage you can receive in a given year or in a lifetime. We will place a limit on how much you can be charged for out-of-pocket expenses because in the United States of America, no one should go broke because they get sick. And insurance companies will be required to cover with no extra charge, routine checkups, and preventive care 
like mammograms and colonoscopies, because there's no reason we shouldn't be catching diseases like breast cancer and colon cancer before they get worse. If you lose your job or you change your job, you'll be able to get coverage. If you strike out on your own and start a small business, you'll be able to get coverage. We'll do this by creating a new insurance exchange, a marketplace where individuals and small businesses will be able to shop for health insurance at competitive prices. Now, for those individuals and small businesses who still can't afford the lower-priced insurance available in the exchange, we'll provide tax credits, the size of which will be based on your need. For those Americans who can't get insurance today because they have pre-existing medical conditions, we will immediately offer low-cost coverage that will protect you against financial ruin if you become seriously ill. This was a good idea when Senator John McCain proposed it in the campaign. It's a good idea now, and we should all embrace it. But an additional step we can take to keep insurance companies honest is by making a not-for-profit public option available in the insurance exchange. Let me be clear. It would only be an option for those who don't have insurance. No one would be forced to choose it. And it would also keep pressure on private insurers to keep their policies affordable and treat their customers better. What a fucking crime. I will not sign a plan that adds one dime to our deficits, either now or in the future. We've estimated that most of this plan can be paid for by finding savings within the existing health care system, <laughs> a system that is currently full of waste and abuse. The only thing this plan would eliminate is the hundreds of billions of dollars in waste and fraud, as well as unwarranted subsidies in Medicare that go to insurance companies. And we will also create an independent commission of doctors and medical experts charged with identifying more waste in the years ahead. These steps will ensure that you, America's seniors, get the benefits you've been promised. And we can use some of the savings to fill the gap in coverage that forces too many seniors to pay thousands of dollars a year out of their own pockets for prescription drugs. Many in this chamber, particularly on the Republican side of the aisle, have long insisted that reforming our medical malpractice laws can help bring down the costs of health care. I know that the Bush administration considered authorizing demonstration projects in individual states to test these ideas. I think it's a good idea. And I'm directing my Secretary of Health and Human Services to move forward on this initiative today. The time for bickering is over. The time for games has passed. Now is the season for action. Now is when we must bring the best ideas of both parties together and show the American people that we can still do what we were sent here to do. Now is the time to deliver on health care. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. Exactly what the people sent in there to do. Actually, and they did pass most of that in the act. The one thing they didn't pass was the public option. And to me, that was the one, I guess socialized portion of what the medical but that was a big part that's the part that fucked them is that some of the democrats didn't stand up and go for that when they had the numbers they could have passed it and i think a lot of people they hear the public option they didn't understand what it was i mean everybody knows that the plan hasn't kicked in fully yet so when you hear all the conservatives out there going oh my god obamacare is ruining the nation it's running up all this extra debt the fucking plan doesn't even kick in fully until 2014 that's when they set up the exchanges where people can go in 
if you have insurance, like through your own employer or you don't, you can go basically on a website and they're going to have every insurance company out there and they're going to have their plans where you can pick the one that suits you best for the best cost. So they actually have to compete against each other and it should bring costs down, which in theory it should. I don't know if it's going to work. We'll find out. The problem with this though is the public option is a very good way to do that. Because if you're looking at the price and that's exactly what yes. you're determining, which yep. by the way is what a fucking market is, is when you compete on price, the public option being lower than yours is attractive. Well, see, that's that's why all these pharmaceutical companies and the health insurance companies got together and fought so hard against the public option. Because what that is, for people who don't understand, is it's basically Medicare. It's Medicare that the government would put out. And, of course, their costs are going to be lower because they don't have that 30 fucking 1% overhead. So... You could go out there and look at United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield, whatever fucking companies out there. You could look at their plans, and then they would have the public option, which is the basically the government plan out there. So if those plans couldn't match what you could get on the government plan, you could actually go in and get like a Medicare type plan for yourself and your family. Health insurance companies know they can't compete because they have to make money. That's all they're about is money and their stock prices. You know, because we got to keep our GDP up. <laughs> And um, th- so they can't compete. So they put not millions, billions of dollars fighting that public option, and they won that fucking fight. And that is why prices are going to continue. They, they may go down with these exchanges, but they're going to continue to be outlandish because you're going to still have that huge overhead cost. Let me let me talk about something real quick because I want to bring this up. Um, one of the things that I remember talking about in economics when I was in college was the idea that monopolies, uh, they have one facet to them that keeps them where they are, right? Because if you're in a monopoly or an oligopoly, which is like, you know, Walmart, pharmaceutical companies are like this too. There's a lot of assumptions you have to make for markets, first off. There's a lot of things that aren't true in America, and one of them is that you can just jump into any sort of an industry and begin production. Uh, Because, I mean, seriously, think about it, folks. I don't care what your your religious facet is or what you believe politically, but seriously think about it. If you wanted to go today and be a producer of some sort of pharmaceutical drug, you can't. If you fuck, let's not even, let's let's do something simple. Uh, I want to run a McDonald's. McDonald's has one of the biggest barriers to entry I've ever seen. First off, the fee to pay McDonald's to open that store. 45K as of 2006 when I checked, right? That's the franchise fee. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was my chair. <laughs> it wasn't me farting. I was going to say, oh, my God. <laughs> Giving the treat to the folks listening. That's right. In the middle of my speech. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Now, the building... And the Were you guys talking about me taking a piss? Nah, dude. He's no. moving his chair. I'm fucking drinking too much. It's making oh. me laugh. He's, he's making him. He's oh, laughing at the dumb chair shit. making a little chair, squeaky noise. The chair squeaked and oh, he okay. kind of farted. Anyway, so <laughs> there there's, goes there's again. another good one for you. But the, you know, the building after that is like a million dollars, and I can see you know the whole well I invested everything into here and I got that McDonald's and stuff. But there's a reason they have that franchise fee of forty five k because the only people who try to do that are rich. That's the whole point. The reason why you have this giant fee for that is because it's a barrier to entry to the market. Okay. When it comes to healthcare, what do you think? Uh, here's a, actually, this is one of the greatest things that we've ever talked about in my class. He was like, okay, so when you go to the doctor, 
think about this. Uh, who does most of the stuff to you or with you, right? Like, who does most of the, you know, uh, the care, I guess, was, was a, would be a good way. Does the doctor do that or does the nurse practitioner do that? Most of the care? Yeah, yeah. like most all the tests that they run. Nurse all the other, practitioner. Why can't she open up her own shop? Because she's a woman. No, I'm kidding. No, because she doesn't have a license. Yeah. They literally made it legal, right? There's a law in place that has to have that license. That means you can't run your own shop because you don't have this license. Those are barriers to entry. So think about that. You know, another way that uh, you could clean up a lot of like the doctor mess bullshit is to let them run a clinic. They can do it. They do most of the work anyway. Most of the shit that comes through their doors, they can handle. They handle it right now. Talking about overhead, what the fuck does the doctor do? He walks in and he goes, you are sick. That's true. The and he last writes something on a piece of paper and last, sends you away. Last couple of times I've been to my doctor, I've seen the nurse practitioner. And I have to say, though, I'd rather see her than my doctor, especially when she's checking my balls and stuff because she's much younger and hotter. <sighs> you want to end the show? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no, no, no. Couple, I got a couple more points. I'm going to finish out with the bang here. Just oh, I, I haven't even gotten to my, uh, Dude, my stuff. You had I t- hey, I just want to say this for the people listening. I told you at the beginning, this is going to be a long one because we don't give a shit anymore. And healthcare is an important subject. I think this is one of the most important subjects that we've talked about. So I don't really mind sitting there going over on it and stuff. And if you guys want to tune out, tune out. But I know you love us and you won't. I did want to bring up a couple. Just If they've gotten this far, they're not going to tune us That's out what now. I'm saying. <laughs> you guys fucking love us so much. <laughs> and we love you. No, I did want to point out just a couple of things. Just kind of going back to some comparison stuff. Um, like we're just talking pharmaceuticals, which is the, one of the biggest fucking problems we have as the pharmaceutical companies. Um, kind of a comparison here: what we spend for every dollar we spend on meds. Um, I'll go. To, I'll use Canada first. That's our whipping boy. Canada spends seventy-seven cents, and this is brand name and generic combined. If you just go brand name, they spend sixty-four cents. All right. Um, the median for, like I said, you go through those industrial countries that have um, the socialized medicine, if you want to say it that way, they spend 51 cents for every dollar we spend. So pharmaceutical companies, another major fucking issue we have. And then when we're just to kind of go back to the very beginning, we were talking about like the type of service that you get, so to speak, you know, waiting in line in Canada, you don't get the same type of service provider. Um, you know, oh, I got to wait for two months. I'm not going to get the same stuff. I'm probably going to fucking die. No, we'll go to like cancers. Cancer's the big one because, you know, you, that's the, the big weights, you know, and stuff, getting the testing done, getting the chemotherapy, getting the treatments for it. breast cancer. Um, survivors, for, they do a five year thing. I think most people know this when cancer, if you are cured of a cancer, they kind of do this five year survival thing. Um, that's the threshold. 87% in Canada. Uh, people who have treated for cancer survive. Uh, it's 89% in the United States. Cervical cancer, the next big one, 69% in Canada survive. Five years or longer, 64% in the United States. And uh, rectal cancer, or like to say ass cancer, which is uh, my favorite, 60, 63% <laughs> in fucking it Canada. And 65% in the United States. The medians, 84%, 66 62 for those. So as you can see, the United States and Canada are both right in the range. And if you looked at all these other countries I mentioned, they're all within 2 or 3% on every one of these. There's no difference in the survivability rate of when it comes to the treatment and what you get. 
no fucking difference except for the cost. The cost is the fucking difference. For instance, an average night or a, if you spend time in a hospital in the United States, just the average period of time overall, that what they did between when you go into your discharge, you'll spend $18,000 in a hospital in the United States. The median for those countries, 6000 Candidates, 13. So it's still pretty high, but dude, 6000 for the median for those 13 countries, 18000 And we're 5000 ahead of the next country, which is Canada. So just across the board, it's just fucking prices on everything fucking just double, triple. I mean, and what it comes down to, you look at it a lot of times, it is that overhead cost. It's that 30, 35, 40% when it comes to overhead that you're paying extra. Well, I mean, come on, shit's expensive in America when you have to pay uh, your ass out on lobbyists and then you have to pay a whole bunch of different uh, PhDs to write papers that are uh, fallacies about how good your uh, pharmaceutical is. Yeah, and then the pharmaceutical... <laughs> Jesus Christ, excuse me. <laughs> the pharmaceutical I'm companies doing have... better than Benz. I was that doing okay, man. Right. Better than Benz. I just take a swig of beer, and that's on video, so you guys will see it, so I just had to choke I'm it down quite yet. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, but if you look at it, that that's the thing because they are too busy having to promote all their fucking dick pills, their Viagra's and your fucking what's the other one, Cialis and those. Because you have to spend billions of dollars promoting those. That's why the fucking costs are fucking fifty cents higher on the dollar for our fucking pharmaceuticals. So it's a big thing, man. You gotta have a fucking hard dick. Your dick ain't hard. You just ain't a man. You know about that, don't you, Boggs? You know about that. Yep. My lip noodle never worked anymore. No. You got me to sing a song about that? Sing a little song for us. Fuck it, we've gone this far. Eric doesn't want to go to sleep or anything. No, not gonna do it. God damn it! You Don't tease. Do Teasing motherfucker. I'll do it later though. No, you can't do it later. Now it is fucking later. <laughs> you don't do it now. We're not getting it done. Well, I was actually, I was going to start playing the outro song. I think we've hit everything we want. Uh, no, we have not. No, we haven't. Damn it. I told you, this is going to be the fucking, fucking show shit. of shows. Put my guitar down. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll come back to it. <laughs> Jesus. This is Eric, why did you have anything else in terms of what Yeah, I had about? stuff. This is why people need to download this on the iPod so they can just listen to it when they need to and pause that motherfucker and go back to it. What if somebody, like, spends their entire time listening to us exercising and just like fucking random the fuck out. We do one show a oh. week, man. I mean, God damn I, it. I'm, I'm kidding. It's fine. Continue, Eric. <laughs> I've only got one more note, so Eric can take the show over from here, and then I got like one note, and I'm fucking done. No, I you love you. Go call, ahead, we'll and I'll, I'll wrap still. it up. God damn son of a bitch. Okay, this is just a little back to the GDP thing. If the U.S. was to spend the same share of GDP on healthcare as, let's say, the Netherlands, the country spending the next largest next to us, our country would only spend $750 billion. Okay. If the if U.S. was to spend the same GDP as Japan, the country with the lowest amount spent, we would have a total of $1.25 trillion. So basically, what they're comparing that to is, that that's from where we're at right now. So you think about one point two five trillion. That's as much as we spend on the fucking defense budget right now. In comparison to them, is that not fucking ridiculous? Yeah, it kind of is. Well, we should talk about this eventually too about like military spending, but um, 
you know, I'm I'm an advocate of of definitely maintaining your military, but I know that there's so much waste that they have right now that that's another thing that they could cut. But that's also another like, you know, horrible, horrible, terrible thing to say that you you're trying to like get us killed and shit out there in the fucking world and shit are gonna come to our fucking coastal area and like shoot us up and shit. <laughs> with Dude, we don't need to fund it. Like the way that they're funding now is so ridiculous. I don't know. I just love the fact that if we spent what Japan did, we would have saved one fucking point two five well, trillion dollars. That means in nine years you would knock out your deficit and no one would have any retirement. Exactly. <laughs> no shit. So, but yeah, that's it. So, I mean, Japan, their GDP has gone up 2% in the past three decades, whereas ours has gone up 8% what we spend on healthcare. So, well, you know, we could continue doing what we're doing and fucking we'll have, what do we got? 44 million people in our country right now that don't have insurance. Or we could do like every other fucking country and do a socialized type medicine, not socialized government run, but socialized, still private, but yet supplemented by government, which is what the others are. And everybody could be covered. We could spend half as much. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't see a fucking argument against it, but, you know, fuck it. I don't give a shit anymore. This country is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I quit. I'm going home. Fuck this. It's why? Here's what I don't understand. This is something that I, I really wish maybe I'll figure out as I, I get older. But why is this a Republican versus Democrat issue? Why is this a fucking issue at all? Well, it only comes down to because Republicans don't want government involved in anything. Less government means better. I I don't think That's it's what it comes down necessarily to. that. I think what it comes down to is people using political parties as a tool to get people to vote on their side. So it's a tool of control. It's the same thing as a religion. Essentially. So you set up parameters for a conservative structure Republican where you are God-fearing, you are anti-gay, you are anti-abortion. So, you know, any anybody who's a Christian is like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm down for that. Oh, by the way, we're going to let pharmaceutical companies fuck us in the ass and we're going to let uh, environment or uh, energy companies wreck our environment and fuck you in the ass and we're going to do this, this, and this. They don't mention that. They get everybody riled up and then they put in these uh, hot topic words like socialism or fascist or any any of the you know wonderful labels that they like to put on any liberal who's trying to change things and uh, try and just push that agenda. And it, it's been documented in Fox News like from private emails from their uh, CEO saying that they need to use specific words when they talk about specific things. Because they're trying to create an uh, an anti-image, so to speak, towards whatever they're against. And it is their agenda to get what they want accomplished through their media. And that's why I pay zero attention to any cable news access show. Because they are all in it for profit. Period. Once you're in it for profit, it's over. And they're laughing at me because I'm going on a rant or something. No. Or he farted. <laughs> nice. He literally farted on me. He's waving. <laughs> at me. Okay, so remember earlier in the episode where I was like, now I have to sit closer to Michael? I'm going to go ahead and reinstate that I was not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I get your point, though. Uh, it's just, to me, it's, you know, why can't, I don't know, man. It's Because it's, people it's aren't baffling. educated. Yeah. Whatever your question was about to be, it's because people are not educated enough to make decisions on their own and they okay, have to so rely on other so people in order to make those decisions. My naivety here is that I feel that somebody can overcome 
that and think for themselves. But they I guess can absolutely, but they have to want to. Well, you don't want to if everything you fucking believe in is you know brought to their attention. See, I'm trying to make a case like what what is good about conservative thought, and I I can't come up with much. Uh, I guess. Hmm. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Let's see. I used to be conservative, so I'm really trying to think of what the fuck I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you guys ponder that. And we'll come back to Well, I mean, the, the biggest... Here's the problem is that there's a lot of uh, fallacies in it because you have uh, this idea of small government, but in a lot of ways, they're not. They're about big government. So I mean, like, no, they, yeah, they definitely spend a lot of money when they that, get there. That, to me, would be a good thing. Like, I, I don't really like the government interjecting themselves into our lives. Yet, they want the government to interject into abortion, gay marriage, and so forth. So. Well, they always want to do that with social issues because of the. weird. Is that conservatism or is that just Christianity in somebody? I mean, that is Christianity in conservatism, but it's it goes hand in hand. I, I haven't met a Republican to date that believes abortion should be legal. Not a one. I have a couple, I think. I, I certainly haven't met no, a Republican that believes that uh, gay marriage should be legal. Not yeah. to date. I guess, well, I don't know, does, does Ron Paul does, does no, he believe in gay marriage? I don't, I don't know, but typically if they do feel that way, they're no longer Republican. Actually, there's that's a, the, I think well, that's no, the I'm problem saying, because like, then they Ron start Paul, going, well, Ron, maybe I'm libertarian. Ron, then, Ron Paul might not be against gay marriage. No, there's Republican. there's Republicans for Actually, there's a bunch of them. There's over like 100 some that have signed a brief that they're given to the Supreme Court or have given it to the Supreme Court because that's one of the things they're hearing right now is that overturn it. I think it's Prop 8 or whatever it was. To in California? Make, yeah, yeah. To, and they're trying to take that, you know, I mean, they're taking it United States wide. They're trying to pass it. Basically, get rid of DOMA so they well, can prove that gay should get married. But here's the caveat to that, though. There's over 100 Republicans that signed it. None of them are actually holding office now. That's the thing. The ones actually in office will not get behind it. Because of fear of they're going to lose the Tea Party vote. Well, not only that, but it's also a uh, yep. it's a political move. It is like that. You know, they they lost the last election, so now they're like, oh, we need to pay attention to Latinos yes. and blah 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 blah, and it's we need to go a little bit lighter on our uh, rhetoric about uh, anti-immigration laws and whatever. And so they are like trying to reform and change their party to meet the needs to get the votes. And that's simple. But my fear is what happens when they get those votes? What are they going to do? Oh, the same thing they've always done. Probably revert back to their old yep, ways. Exactly. So anyway, to my points about <laughs> health care. Go for it. That's a segue. Um, not at all. Uh, most of my stuff had to do with uh, the FDA and its relationship with Big Pharma which I'm pretty sure you guys are a little bit familiar with. Nope. You fucking liar. I'm listening. You bitch. Okay, so. The FDA. Well, he drank too much beer. He's got to take a piss. I know. Um, they will hold panels uh, when it comes to a new uh, drug coming out or any kind of new treatment in order to kind of weigh in on whether or not it's uh, will get their stamp of approval. And, you know, you've always seen the approved by the FDA or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is a lot of these panels, uh, the majority of these panels, are held and operated and judged by people that were 
either in or were in Big Pharma. They worked for AstraZeneca. They worked for Bayer. They worked for all these other places. So, of course, they're going to have some kind of ties to them and have some kind of like tipping balance. They're not going to deny them anything because they worked for them. And who knows? They might still be working for them. Um, and there, there's tons and tons of research and evidence. That, and obviously, I mean, you can go and research their names. You can see that they worked for these companies. Uh, you know, they were CEOs or CFOs or any of the, the sort. Um, so what that turns into is that they pretty much run a market on exactly what becomes FDA approved and what doesn't. So any kind of quote unquote alternate uh alternate remedy doesn't get that FDA approval. You know, if you get I- any kind of uh if you got some kind of over the over the counter uh, herbal remedy so to speak, uh you would see on the label it says these statements have not been approved by the FDA. And it's not saying that the FDA looked into it and said, no, what they claim, we're not so sure on. It's they won't even take their panel. That's what it is. It's, hey, we have this new treatment that we think could uh, help people with, uh, you know, joint stiffness or something. And they're like, okay, what is it? Well, it's omega-3 fish oil. You know, it's an herbal remedy. No, no, we're not going to see this panel. And they just skip on to the pharmaceuticals. Hey, man, you got to pay to play, you know? And then on top of that, because of that, some of these remedies don't, you know, obviously you can't put it on uh, your health care or anything like that because it's not an FDA-approved drug. <laughs> yep. On yeah. top of that, another really evil thing by Big Pharma is how they manipulate the system in order to get a drug passed. Uh, full well knowing that the drug is going to be harmful for the public. Uh, I read a paper from a chemist who worked for Big Pharma, and he was working with a uh, hormone replacement therapy that used um, a drug called tamoxifen, which was originally uh, thought to uh, suppress uh, hormone inhibitors in uh, females. So they wouldn't produce so much estrogen, so they wouldn't develop brain cancer or breast cancer. Sorry. Um, and initially, it looked great. You know, he said after a couple of years, you know, it really looked like it was a uh, a good thing, and it could be a gold standard in uh, breast cancer treatment. Uh, but as the years drove on, he realized that actually it flipped. After about five years, the drug flipped and started activating receptors and causing an increased amount of risk to breast cancer. So what these wonderful people at this drug company decided to do is they did uh, what's called checkbook science, which is where they pay off somebody to write a document, and then they pay off another person who has a PhD to sign off on it, saying that they wrote it. And... It happens to be that the study conveniently stops at five years. Hmm. Coinkydink? I think not. So, any drug that has tamoxifen in it has been approved by the FDA and is considered a uh, drug to help reduce 
breast cancer, even though long-term it increases the risk. So any females out there, don't take any medication that has tamoxifen in it. And I was going to say, if you need a breast exam, I'll, <laughs> I'll help you with that. <laughs> Classic. Hey, man, I'm always here to help, especially the listeners. And then also you have drug lobbying, which is wonderful. It's a great uh, practice that greases the wheels of an FDA revolving door and blurs the line between a drug industry and the U.S. government. No, nah, dude, that doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> I'll go on to the next point then. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's no way they're intermingled. <laughs> Uh, here's something that I thought was kind of interesting about big pharma was the environmental impact. So most people, uh, and I don't know why a lot of people assume this, but a lot of people do assume that if you take a drug, your body absorbs it. It absorbs a portion of it. It's usually around, if it's orally, it's around like 10 to 15%, sometimes less. Uh, rectally, it's a little bit more, mm-hmm. which is always a fun thing to play with if you know somebody that takes uh, pills for fun <laughs> is to tell them that they'll get more of a high if they stick it up their butt. <laughs> up their ass. Yeah, I love doing that to people. It's funny. It's true, but it's fun to do it to people just to see if they'll do it. <laughs> That's how Boggs takes all his medication. <laughs> oh, God. I already see the description on our fucking so. Page. Son of a bitch. Here's the <laughs> thing is what happens to the rest of that drug that you intake? Boggs has a bunch of pill stuff down his ball hammock. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of that goes through your waist, which then goes where? Uh, in the water treatment facility. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Everything that they use to uh, to clean the water does not get rid of pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. at all. So all drinking water essentially has traces of pharmaceuticals in them. Whether you're taking that pharmaceutical or not, you're getting it. Yeah, I saw a thing on the news here. Or if you're allergic. Now, like we live in Texas and in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I saw a thing where they did testing on water. And I, I'm not going to even lie and say percentage and stuff, but, yeah, they listed all the different types of stuff. And usually it's uh, a lot of antidepressants and stuff that people have that they take. Um, I mean, Valium, Oxycontin, all these hardcore drugs, they found traces of them. And you know, like I said, usually the largest concentration is more of these, like, antidepressants and stuff. Because remember, we're a religious state, and more religious states use more antidepressants. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy, the amount of different things that they found in just regular tap water when they did the testing on it. I mean, I'll look up the study. Maybe I'll link it on the Facebook. So if you fuckers yeah. like it. According to this paper, about 100 different pharmaceuticals have been detected in lakes, rivers, reservoirs, and streams throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also permeate aquifers deep underground, which is 40% of the U.S. water supply. And over the past five years, uh, prescriptions have rose 12%. To a record 3.7 billion. That's not including non-prescription drugs. It's pretty that awesome. Been held steady around 3.3 billion. I mean, you can drink water, not be as depressed, and you could probably fucking like blow <laughs> fireballs out of your mouth and the fracking fluid in as well. So it's like water's awesome that you got your tap now. <laughs> if you think about it. Not really, because I don't like to take pharmaceuticals, so 
Yeah, well, then it's probably not good for you. You like to blow fireballs out of your mouth? No, I don't want to. That's a good experiment. Do filters change that at all? Like osmosis filters like you have? Um, Actually, I'm not 100% sure on that. Because I know that there are some filters that can't filter that. Yeah. Uh, I, I know sure that, that there's that no sewage, like like I said earlier, there's no sewage treatment currently being used by the U.S. that gets rid of pharmaceuticals. So if it's tap water, it's got it in there, period. Yeah. Like I said, that testing that I saw here. Uh, whether or not my reverse osmosis, I mean, it gets rid of a lot of stuff. Pharmaceuticals, though, that's a chemical level, so that's a little, that might be harder to do. I don't know. Don't I would think that. I'm pretty sure that, that would have to have. The molecule's an, still bigger than water, though, so I would think at some point, if you're if it's osmosis, it should filter it, but that's not I always know. true. It, it might, you might have to use an, a, a chemical to combat the pharmaceuticals, as crazy as that sounds. Hey, Bog, don't you Google that real fast? <laughs> but I'm not sure. That's definitely something we <laughs> okay. that we can look into. <laughs> Right, what, so do I, what do I even type? I don't know. No, I don't think it's time to Google. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's time for Box to do the the outro. Hold on a second. I'm gonna filibuster that a little bit more. Love I don't even have a question though. What do I say? Like, what me. do we use to treat farm? Fuck me, fuck. He just held up a giant paper that said one hour fifty minutes, and it had <laughs> danger signs all over it. Fucking <laughs> 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 like skull and crossbones. <laughs> Danger. All right, well, today I brought a little Weezer to the table. Ooh, Weezer. Oh, I'm going to sing with you because I know some Weezer. Oh, no. That (laughs) means I'm going to do terrible at it as well. Hold on a second. Maybe I don't do Weezer then. (laughs) Nah, Um, nah, just do it. Do it. Whatever. All right, so I guess the basis to what we're trying to say about health insurance and health care is say it ain't so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. I'm Eric. I'm Michael. i
damn it, my ideas <laughs> so bad. When I say this way is a water slide away from invitation by the reverend days. So be cool. And say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. Your drug is a